the Bible, the most unique book in all of human history. It claims to be divine in origin, and it delivers a message that, if true, affects every human being on the planet Earth, in this life, and in whatever awaits us when this life is over. The Bible is unique in its survival. Over the past 2,000 years, no other book has been subjected to the intense scrutiny that the Bible has endured. Generations of linguists, historians, and archaeologists have explored the details of the Bible's production and tested the accuracy of its transmission to us today. Critics and foes have come and gone. Problems have been raised and solved, and still the Bible stands. Totally alone in the degree of its historical accuracy and reliability, The Bible is also unique in foretelling future events. The Old Testament alone contains over 2,000 specific predictions about people, cities, nations, and empires. Predictions made hundreds of years before being perfectly fulfilled in history. The Bible is unique in its influence. It's been called the fountainhead of Western civilization and is by far the most quoted text in America's founding documents. Millions of men, women, and children from every station and walk of life have felt the liberating, redeeming power of this book of books, and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book, the entire Bible, every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. Appreciate you being along with us for the Bible Live broadcast as we continue our way through the book of books. We'll read our wisdom and worship segment first, which comes from the Psalms and the Proverbs. And then, of course, our narrative read. Right now, we are in the books of the Chronicles, the First and Second Chronicles, books of history written 400 years before Christ. A selected history put together by Ezra, a Jewish scribe and priest who accompanied many thousands of other Jewish people who made their way back to Israel after the Babylonian exile, especially from the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, the tribes of the south, in 586 B.C., during that century. That's where we are right now in the books of the Chronicles. As we listen to the Bible, of course, there is always a personal application. There is always opportunity to listen to the Scriptures in personal terms, how they affect me, how they help me grow in my personal relationship with God, how God would use the Scriptures in my life to instruct me, to guide me about my personal decisions, my family, my career, and so on. And then at the same time, we are looking for those hints and those truths about how God deals with people, with societies, with communities, with nations. For example, for us as American citizens, this is very important, not only because our nation was built on these truths, but because we vote, we need to make decisions about our leaders. A lot of wisdom in these books of the Chronicles. Right now to Psalm the Psalm. Sing praises to God, our strength. Sing to the God of Israel. Sing. Beat the tambourine. Play the sweet lyre and the harp. Sound the trumpet for a sacred feast when the moon is new, when the moon is full. For this is required by the laws of Israel. It is a law of the God of Jacob. He made it a decree for Israel when he attacked Egypt to set us free. I heard an unknown voice that said, Now I will relieve your shoulder of its burden. I will free your hands from their heavy tasks. You cried to me in trouble, and I saved you. 
I answered out of the thundercloud. I tested your faith at Maribah when you complained that there was no water. Listen to me, O my people, while I give you stern warnings. O Israel, if you would only listen. You must never have a foreign god. You must not bow down before a false god. For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. But no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around. So I let them follow their blind and stubborn way, living according to their own desires. But, oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that Israel would follow me, walking in my paths. How quickly I would then subdue their enemies. How soon my hands would be upon their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before Him. Their desolation would last forever. But I would feed you with the best of foods. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. End of reading Psalm 81. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is It's okay You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. psalm tonight that psalm 81 is basically a holiday hymn a song that celebrates the exodus from egypt it marks very clearly the stark contrast between god's goodness faithfulness and loving kindness as opposed to israel's constant waywardness and constant disobedience and mistrust of their god and of course that comes down to us as well remember that old great hymn prone to wander lord i feel it yes we are prone to wander and yet god has made a provision for us he has atoned for our sin, and not only atoning for our sin, but he is also working within us by his Spirit to transform our lives. Beautiful truth there from the Psalms. Now we move to the Chronicles, starting at chapter 25. Ezra is reviewing the rules for the Levites and the priests and the duties of the musicians in the tabernacle and the temple that David put in place way back during his reign and that stayed in place for hundreds of years these particular rules. Now let's go to the book of Chronicles on the Bible life. 1 Chronicles 25.1 through 28.21 1 Chronicles 25 David and the army commanders then appointed men from the families of Asaph, Haman, and Jeduthun to proclaim God's messages to the accompaniment of harps, lyres, and cymbals. Here is a list of their names and their work. From the sons of Asaph there were Zakur, Joseph, Nethaniah, and Asarela. They worked under the direction of their father Asaph, who proclaimed God's messages by the king's orders. Jeduthun had six sons, Gedaliah, Zeri, Jeshaiah, Shemei, Hashabiah, and Mattathiah. They worked under the direction of their father, Jeduthun, who proclaimed God's messages to the accompaniment of the harp, offering thanks and praise to the Lord. Haman's sons were Bukiah, Mataniah, Uziel, Shubael, Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hanani, Eliathog, Gedalti, Romantiazer, Joshbekashah, Malothi, Hothir, and Mahazioth. All these were the sons of Haman, the king's seer, for God had honored him with fourteen sons and three daughters. All these men were under the direction of their fathers as they made music at the house of the Lord. Their responsibilities included the playing of cymbals, lyres, and harps at the house of God. Asaph, Jeduthun, and Haman reported directly to the king. 
They and their families were all trained in making music before the Lord, and each of them, 288 in all, was an accomplished musician. The musicians were appointed to their particular term of service by means of sacred lots, without regard to whether they were young or old, teacher or student. The first lot fell to Joseph of the Asaph clan and twelve of his sons and relatives. The second lot fell to Gedaliah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The third lot fell to Zakur and twelve of his sons and relatives. The fourth lot fell to Zeri and twelve of his sons and relatives. The fifth lot fell to Nethaniah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The sixth lot fell to Bukiah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The seventh lot fell to Asarela and twelve of his sons and relatives. The eighth lot fell to Jeshaiah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The ninth lot fell to Mataniah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The tenth lot fell to Shimei and twelve of his sons and relatives. The eleventh lot fell to Uziel and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twelfth lot fell to Hashabiah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The thirteenth lot fell to Shubael and twelve of his sons and relatives. The fourteenth lot fell to Mattathiah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The fifteenth lot fell to Jeremoth and twelve of his sons and relatives. The sixteenth lot fell to Hananiah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The seventeenth lot fell to Joshbekashah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The eighteenth lot fell to Hanani and twelve of his sons and relatives. The nineteenth lot fell to Malothi and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twentieth lot fell to Eliathah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twenty-first lot fell to Hothir and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twenty-second lot fell to Gedalti and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twenty-third lot fell to Mahazioth and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twenty-fourth lot fell to Romantiezer and twelve of his sons and relatives. This is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 26. These are the divisions of the gatekeepers. From the Korahites there was Meshelamiah, son of Korah, of the family of Asaph. The sons of Meshelamiah were Zechariah the oldest, Jediael the second, Zebadiah the third, Jothniel the fourth, Elam the fifth, Jehohanan the sixth, and Eliehoinai the seventh. The sons of Obed-Edom, also gatekeepers, were Shemaiah the oldest, Jehozabad the second, Joah the third, Sakar the fourth, Nethanel the fifth, Amiel the sixth, Issachar the seventh, and Peulathai the eighth. God had richly blessed Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom's son, Shemaiah, had sons with great ability who earned positions of great authority in the clan. Their names were Othni, Raphael, Obed, and Elzabab. Their relatives, Elihu and Simakiah, were also very capable men. All of these descendants of Obed-Edom, including their sons and grandsons, 62 of them in all, were very capable men, well qualified for their work. Meshelamiah's 18 sons and relatives were also very capable men. Hosa of the Merari clan appointed Shimri as the leader among his sons, though he was not the oldest. His other sons included Hilkiah II, Tebaliah III, and Zechariah IV. Hosa's sons and relatives who served as gatekeepers numbered 13 in all. These divisions of the gatekeepers were named for their family leaders, and like the other Levites, they served at the house of the Lord. They were assigned by families for guard duty at the various gates, without regard to age or training, for it was all decided by means of sacred lots. The responsibility for the east gate went to Meshelamiah and his group. The north gate was assigned to his son Zechariah, a man of unusual wisdom. The south gate went to Obed-Edom, and his sons were put in charge of the storehouses. Shupim and Hosa were assigned the west gate and the gateway leading up to the temple. Guard duties were divided evenly. Six Levites were assigned each day to the east gate, four to the north gate, four to the south gate, and two to each of the storehouses. 
Six were assigned each day to the west gate, four to the gateway leading up to the temple, and two to the courtyard. These were the divisions of the gatekeepers from the clans of Korah and Merari. Other Levites, led by Ahijah, were in charge of the treasuries of the house of God and the storerooms. From the family of Libni in the clan of Gershon, Jehiel was the leader. The sons of Jehiel, Zetham and his brother Joel, were in charge of the treasuries of the house of the Lord. These are the leaders that descended from Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel. From the clan of Amram, Shebuel was a descendant of Gershom, son of Moses. He was the chief officer of the treasuries. His relatives through Eliezer were Rehabiah, Jeshaiah, Joram, Zikri, and Shelamoth. Shelamoth and his relatives were in charge of the treasuries that held all the things dedicated to the Lord by King David, the family leaders, and the generals and captains and other officers of the army. These men had dedicated some of the plunder they had gained in battle to maintain the house of the Lord. Shelamoth and his relatives also cared for the items dedicated to the Lord by Samuel the seer, Saul son of Kish, Abner son of Ner, and Joab son of Zeruiah. All the other dedicated items were in their care too. From the clan of Ishar came Kenaniah. He and his sons were appointed to serve as public administrators and judges throughout Israel. From the clan of Hebron came Hashabiah. He and his relatives, 1,700 capable men, were put in charge of the Israelite lands west of the Jordan River. They were responsible for all matters related to the things of the Lord and the service of the king in that area. Also from the clan of Hebron came Jeriah, who was the leader of the Hebronites according to the genealogical records. In the 40th year of David's reign, a search was made in the records, and capable men from the clan of Hebron were found at Jazer in the land of Gilead. There were 2,700 capable men among the relatives of Jeriah. King David sent them to the east side of the Jordan River and put them in charge of the tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh. They were responsible for all matters related to the things of God and the service of the king. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 27 This is the list of Israelite generals and captains and their officers who served the king by supervising the army divisions that were on duty each month of the year. Each division served for one month and had 24,000 troops. Joshobaim, son of Zabdiel, was commander of the first division, which was on duty during the first month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. He was a descendant of Perez and was in charge of all the army officers for the first month. Dodai, a descendant of Ahoa, was commander of the second division, which was on duty during the second month. There were 24,000 troops in his division, and Mikloth was his chief officer. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada the priest, was commander of the third division, which was on duty during the third month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. This was the Benaiah who commanded David's elite military group known as the Thirty. His son Amizabad was his chief officer. Asahel, the brother of Joab, was commander of the fourth division, which was on duty during the fourth month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Asahel was succeeded by his son Zebediah. Shammah the Ezrahite was commander of the 5th division, which was on duty during the 5th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Ira, son of Ikesh from Tekoa, was commander of the 6th division, which was on duty during the 6th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Helez, a descendant of Ephraim from Pelon, was commander of the 7th division, which was on duty during the 7th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Sibakai, a descendant of Zerah from Hushah, was commander of the 8th division, which was on duty during the 8th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. 
Abiezer from Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin was commander of the ninth division, which was on duty during the ninth month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Maharai, a descendant of Zerah from Natofa, was commander of the 10th division, which was on duty during the 10th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Benaiah from Pirathon in Ephraim was commander of the 11th division, which was on duty during the 11th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. Heled, a descendant of Othniel from Natofa, was commander of the 12th division, which was on duty during the 12th month. There were 24,000 troops in his division. The following were the tribes of Israel and their leaders. Reuben was led by Eleazar, son of Zikri. Simeon was led by Shephatiah, son of Maacah. Levi's leader was Hashabiah, son of Kemuel. Aaron, the priest, was led by Zadok. Judah's leader was Elihu, a brother of David. Issachar was led by Omri, son of Michael. Zebulun's leader was Ishmaiah, son of Obadiah. Naphtali's leader was Jeremoth, son of Azriel. Ephraim was led by Hoshea, son of Azaziah. Manasseh in the west was led by Joel, son of Pedaiah. Manasseh in the east was led by Edo, son of Zechariah. Benjamin was led by Jaasiel, son of Abner, and Dan was led by Azarel, son of Jeroam. These were the leaders of the tribes of Israel. When David took his census, he did not count those who were younger than twenty years of age, because the Lord had promised to make the Israelites as numerous as the stars in heaven. Joab began the census but never finished it because the anger of God broke out against Israel. The final total was never recorded in King David's official records. Osmaveth, son of Adiel, was in charge of the palace treasuries. Jonathan, son of Uzziah, was in charge of the regional treasuries throughout the towns, villages, and fortresses of Israel. Ezri, son of Caleb, was in charge of the field workers who farmed the king's lands. Shimei from Ramah was in charge of the king's vineyards. Zabdi from Shepham was responsible for the grapes and the supplies of wine. Baal Hanan from Geder was in charge of the king's olive groves and sycamore fig trees in the foothills of Judah. Joash was responsible for the supplies of olive oil. Shitrai from Sharon was in charge of the cattle on the Sharon plain. Shaphat son of Adlai was responsible for the cattle in the valleys. Obil the Ishmaelite was in charge of the camels. Jediah from Meronoth was in charge of the donkeys. Jaziz the Hogrite was in charge of the king's sheep. All these officials were overseers of King David's property. Jonathan, David's uncle, was a wise counselor to the king, a man of great insight and a scribe. Jehiel the Hakmonite was responsible to teach the king's sons. Ahithophel was the royal advisor. Hushai the Archite was the king's friend. Ahithophel was succeeded by Jehoiada son of Benaiah and by Abiathar. Joab was commander of the Israelite army. This is the Bible lie with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 28 David summoned all his officials to Jerusalem, the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of the twelve army divisions, the other generals and captains, the overseers of the royal property and livestock, the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the other warriors in the kingdom. David rose and stood before them and addressed them as follows. My brothers and my people, it was my desire to build a temple where the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, God's footstool, could rest permanently. I made the necessary preparations for building it, but God said to me, You must not build a temple to honor my name, for you are a warrior and have shed much blood. Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, has chosen me from among all my father's family to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen the tribe of Judah to rule, and from among the families of Judah he chose my father's family. And from among my father's sons, the Lord was pleased to make me king over all Israel. And from among my sons, for the Lord has given me many children, 
He chose Solomon to succeed me on the throne of his kingdom of Israel. He said to me, Your son Solomon will build my temple in its courtyards, for I have chosen him as my son, and I will be his father. And if he continues to obey my commands and regulations as he does now, I will make his kingdom last forever. So now, with God as our witness, I give you this charge for all Israel, the Lord's assembly. Be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, so that you may possess this good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. And Solomon, my son, get to know the God of your ancestors. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and understands and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as his sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Then David gave Solomon the plans for the temple and its surroundings, including the treasuries, the upstairs rooms, the inner rooms, and the inner sanctuary where the ark's cover, the place of atonement, would be kept. David also gave Solomon all the plans he had made for the courtyards of the Lord's temple, the outside rooms, the treasuries of God's temple, and the rooms for the dedicated gifts. The king also gave Solomon the instructions concerning the work of the various divisions of priests and Levites in the temple of the Lord. And he gave specifications for the items in the Lord's temple which were to be used for worship and sacrifice. David gave instructions regarding how much gold and silver should be used to make the necessary items. He told Solomon the amount of gold needed for the gold lampstands and lamps, and the amount of silver for the silver lampstands and lamps depending on how each would be used. He designated the amount of gold for the table on which the bread of the presence would be placed, and the amount of silver for other tables. David also designated the amount of gold for the solid gold meat hooks used to handle the sacrificial meat, and for the basins, pitchers, and dishes, as well as the amount of silver for every dish. Finally, he designated the amount of refined gold for the altar of incense and for the gold cherubim, whose wings were stretched out over the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. Every part of this plan, David told Solomon, was given to me in writing from the hand of the Lord. Then David continued, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged by the size of the task, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. The various divisions of priests and Levites will serve in the temple of God. Others with skills of every kind will volunteer, and the leaders and the entire nation are at your command. End of reading, 1 Chronicles 25.1 through 28.21. these passages are descriptive of the organizational plan that was put in place by David. These 24 groups rotated over a year period. Tonight we started looking at the duties of the musicians organized in much the same way. David is the one who first began to insert music in a highly organized way into the worship there at the tabernacle and later at the temple. That particular organizational plan 
was actually still in place when Jesus the Messiah came onto the scene. This created order and organization. It facilitated training for new musicians as the years go by, as generations pass. New musicians would be trained and raised to help lead this aspect of the worship at the temple. This also gave room for variety and for creativity as New styles, new instruments were developed, and new ideas about music. It was able to expand. And of course, in the Old Testament, music is spoken of so very much in the Psalms. There seems to be a little bit less mention of music in the New Testament, but that does not mean that it was less important. The Christians, of course, continued to worship in the synagogues until they were unwelcome in the synagogues. But there was a rich musical heritage, of course, already established. Jesus and the disciples sang a hymn together on the night of the Passover, the Last Supper. Paul and Silas sang hymns in jail. Often, we're told, in different settings, the people would sing to the Lord. Several key passages talk about walking in the power of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, controlled and empowered by God's Spirit by faith. One of the results, one of the consequences of that would be that we would sing to the Lord. You look at Ephesians 5.18, where you have that command for us as believers to be filled with the Spirit. And one of the results then would that we'd be singing to the Lord. And in Colossians chapter 3, when it talks about, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let God's word live within us and take root in our lives. The result of that would be we, we would be singing songs of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Music is a central part of our worship. Sometimes I've noticed that it becomes so divisive, and part of that is that the world also has music, so we often wonder, well, well, we shouldn't use the same style of music that they use. And I've always thought we shouldn't turn anything over to the world. We should not give it over to them. Music, every style of music, is created by God. Each one appropriately can be used to express different aspects of the truths and the wonders that it is to know and walk with God. So I don't think we should give it away to the world but that we should use all of our talents and every style that possible to honor the Lord. That's the important thing. Is our music and our choice in music building you in your relationship with God? In our next reading, we'll move right on into the book of Second Chronicles and the reign of King Solomon. Much attention is given here in this first book of the Chronicles to the time and the reign of King David. By the way, when it was talking about the gatekeepers tonight, it made special emphasis of Obed-Edom. He had eight sons and 54 grandsons, 62 in all. Uh, This is the one, remember, that kept the Ark of the Covenant in his house for two or three months. And it said that God blessed him because of that with a wonderful, productive family. Anyway, it reviews the military commanders. Remember, that's the military that brought Israel to the peak of its influence and power in the Middle East. And then finally, of course, David's advice to his young son, Solomon. See you next time. Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. 
Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word. 